Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 236 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with April Hall. April lives in Eva, Alabama, and she owns a Southern restaurant with her family there. Welcome, April. Hi, Jen. So excited to be here. So nice to see you today. We actually met when I was in Little Rock a few months ago, and so it's good to see you again, even though we're virtual today. Yes. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So, Jen, the short story would be that May 4th, 2020, my friend Beth Serta posted on Facebook a picture of a bottle of strawberry salad dressing from the local strawberry farm. And her comment was, I'm going to break my 20 hour fast with this salad dressing. And so I was intrigued. 
I messaged her through Snapchat and uh, she said, you've got to read this book, Delay Don't Deny, and you've got to fast clean and you're, you know, it's so easy and you're going to love it and this is going to change your life. And so I actually downloaded Delay Don't Deny on Audible that night. I got three free downloads and I used the first for Delay Don't Deny, then uh, the Obesity Code, and then AC, The Power of Appetite Correction. Mm -hmm. And uh, I plugged in my AirPods the next morning on my walk and I listened pretty much straight through that day. So I walked for about an hour and listened and then I just, I was hooked. You were ready to go. I was hooked. You told my story. You know, I said it really was like listening to a girlfriend talk about their life experience and I said, this is my soul sister. We had you know, so much in common. So that's the short version of how I found fasting two years ago. Well, I love that. And, you know, thank goodness to all the friends that share. Yes. You know, and we Absolutely. need to be those friends too, because you just never know when someone is, you know, desperate for a solution. And just the little, putting the little words out there, you just, she intrigued you by saying that she was going to you know, break her fast. And you're like, what is that? What's going on? Yes. And talking about being desperate for a solution. So in January of 2020, I had breast explant surgery and it was a big Uh, decision. So for my health, I decided I was probably the heaviest. I was about about 168 pounds, the heaviest I had ever been not pregnant. And how tall are you? I'm five, three and a half. The half matters. It does. But I'm a lifelong yo-yo dieter, all of adulthood. I had um, my first pregnancy. I was about 21 years old and I made it to almost five months and then lost the baby. And I had already, thank you, but I had already put on about 10, 15 pounds. Then of course, depression and, you know, just overall sadness. And I continued to eat and I did not get pregnant right away. It took us probably another year, but the first time I went into the hospital to have a baby, I was at 191 pounds, and I will never forget the doctor said to me at my doctor visit, he said, every pound you gain over 25, you'll have the rest of your life. Oh no, that doctor! And it made me mad, and I thought, you don't know me. Like, challenge accepted. There you go. So um, when I gave birth to my first son, he was three months old, and I joined Weight Watchers. And uh, that probably wasn't the first diet I had ever been on Weight Watchers, but I can remember it. So it was Valentine's Day and I sat on the floor and ate an entire bag of Hershey Kisses so that they would be gone so that I could start Weight Watchers. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I did things like that, you know, like, okay, I'm going to start low carb tomorrow. So today I'm going to eat all this ice cream that's in the freezer, all of it. Because I can never have it again. It can never, it can't even be in the house. And so, yeah, so I ate the Hershey Kisses and I joined Weight Watchers and I lost 32 pounds and became a lifetime member. And they wanted me to work for them because I was such a rock star at dieting. I love that you remember that you lost 32 32 pounds. pounds. You're not like I lost about 30. No, it was 32. (laughs) So I'm a math major. So the numbers and the stats matter. That but too was important. <laughs> it was. At the, you know, that got you to go weight or whatever. And it was just right under the number that was allowable for my height. I mean, just right, right there. So I got there. And uh, of course, at that time, I was nursing a big baby boy. And I got to eat 10 extra points a day. And wow. so that helped me stick to it. But anyway, that was round one of dieting. And I have, like you said, done all the things, all the things since then. And um 
every time I could get, I could lose 20, 25 pounds pretty quick. And then at about the three month mark, it was like, I just lost all control and it was a race to see how fast I could gain it back. You know, it seems like to me, your body could just handle that restriction for so long. You know, we, we read about that when we read about the Minnesota starvation experiment. And that's exactly what happens when you are not eating enough. Those hunger hormones ramp up to try to save you. So you had about three months in you and then your body's like, okay, this is not working. Eat, eat, eat. Yes. And it it drives us to do it. It's not our fault that we're starving, that we suddenly fall off the rails. It's our body trying to, trying to protect us. Yes. And I don't think it ever made sense to me. I thought I had about three months worth of willpower. That's what I thought about myself, but it never made sense to me until I read your book and you said it's hormonal. It's not caloric. And I was like, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. And so of course, then my next step, I read the obesity code or I listened. So I'm an audible processor. I'm a little bit ADHD, a little bit wild. So (laughs) I listen and do other things and that's, you know, I don't sit still. So yeah, it just made so much sense because all diets work and no diets work. And I definitely had, had proven that theory. So I was kind of desperate. Like I said, I was recovering from explant surgery, couldn't do any activity. And I'm like a lifelong exercise, workout, run. Again, I have too much energy and I always have. And I was kind of bed bound for a couple of weeks and then you can't lift anything and you can't jar anything. And I was never uncomfortable in my skin, but for the first time after seeing kind of the small chest, big belly, that was new. Right. If you have, if you have breast implants, you can hide a lot of midsection, oh. you know, the proportion. So now, did you listen to the episode that I had with Michelle Parker, who talked about her breast explant surgery? I'm, I'm sure. I've heard all yeah. of the episodes. Yeah. So well, she, sure. she talked about that. And did you do it? Were you having some health issues? That's what she, she was having some health issues that she linked back to her breast implants. So I hated them from the first day that I got them and they were just an unnatural heaviness in my body, but it did. I ended up having chronic neck issues, shoulder okay. pain inflammation. I, to me in pictures, no matter how thin I was, I looked like a football player because I just carried inflammation in my chest and shoulders. And now I just carry bones in my chest. Love it. She said the same thing about inflammation, that it caused her to have a lot of inflammation. And as soon as she had the, the explant surgery, her inflammation just got so much better. Well, so I, again, I couldn't exercise or anything, but I had really given up on dieting. I had already decided, you know, it's an age thing. This is the size I'm going to be. This is the weight I'm going to be and all this body positivity. I'm going to love myself. But Me too, yeah. Truth, I'm not that person, you know, like I'm a perfectionist in most everything that I do. And I just wasn't happy in my own skin. You, you didn't know. feel like yourself. Right. And so... I just thought, why not? When Beth was explaining to me what she did, you know, I just eat in this one period of time a day and I eat what I want. And and I thought, okay, I'm not a nighttime eater. Like I'm not a snacker really at nighttime. But about two o'clock in the afternoon, just tie up all the food because I could go <laughs> through the kitchen and just wreak havoc. I could eat everything inside. And so I tried to do that window where you eat dinner like you guys talked about. Right. And um, I wanted to kill people before dinner came. Uh-huh. And so I decided one day, you know, I'm going to eat kind of a brunch like breakfast. And then I'm going to eat my meal at work, which works for me. We close at 1.30. We all sit down together as a family. We eat a big lunch and then we um, close and go home. Oh, I love that. So what time do y'all have that big meal at work? 
at 1.30. 1.30. So we're finished by two o'clock and we have a little break and then we come back and prep for night shift and we do dinner shift and then we leave. And so when I'm finished with dinner shift, I'm ready for a shower, some downtime in bed. So that's, I, I thought I'm going to try 10 to 2 and that's what I did. And I still eat 10 to 2 Monday through Friday. I love that. So see, this is just a great example of how we're all different when it comes to what window timing works. Because you were like, well, we're supposed to eat dinner. We're supposed to wait till later. That's what we're supposed to do because that's what Jen does. That's what a lot of people do. That is probably what most people do. But there are plenty of people like you who prefer that that earlier window. And it just works better for you. And I love that y'all eat together every day at 1.30. We do. And I feed all my employees. So lunch is the time when you do that plate lunch, like a meat and three special. We have something yeah. special every day. And so most of us look forward to whatever. I mean, my whole schedule is based on what is the lunch special. You know, like thir- Thursday just happens to be, this is Thursday. It happens to be homemade chicken salad with strawberry mm. pretzel salad. <gasps> and um, we also do... Hamburger steak with gravy, which I'm I'm not a big meat eater, but pinto beans, turnip greens, coleslaw, cornbread. So, oh my gosh, I need to come <laughs> to your restaurant. Yes. So on Thursday, I break at ten. I take a break and I have a little chicken salad with some fresh fruit or um, fresh veggies. And then lunch, when we sit down, I always have pinto beans, turnip greens, cornbread, and coleslaw. And so oh, Lori wow. Lewis is a turnip green pinto bean girl too. She says she's coming to Alabama, so I can't wait. But you know, I had those kind of I call it cheating because not everybody has a restaurant, you know, so I have access to a good quality meal pattern there, you know, and it's, it's just not that much extra work since it's what well, I that's, do. That's pretty amazing <laughs> to have that. And like every day I'll have certain specials that are the yes. same. So you know what you're going to have. Yes, I do. I'm such a creature of habit. And if it's a, a high carb, what I would think is kind of yucky, which chicken and dressing. That's Southern specialty, and that is um, usually a Wednesday, and people just line down the sidewalk. It's insane. It is. It's so much work, and it's insane. I would love it. I would love chicken and dressing. You're not a fan? Well, it's okay, but that's the day I laugh and say I pack my lunch. Oh. (laughs) So I bring, you know, broccoli and um, a sweet potato to pop in the microwave and maybe some chicken and rice or something from So you're not having the chicken and the dressing. I'll be there on Wednesday. (laughs) Right. You will be in the line on Wednesday. I will be in the line. Um, And, of course, do you have pinto beans every day? Because I'd be having those. We do not do pinto beans every day. We do green beans every day. We have the best coleslaw in the whole world. All these are my mother's recipes. I really can't take credit. She's the the master chef. But um, So, you know, it's a southern restaurant, but we do things like um, the big burgers, hand-padded burgers, real ground beef. We have hand-breaded chicken tenders, wings. We have seafood, we have fish and shrimp done a million ways on Friday night, those kind of things. But, oh, it's, um, what's the name of the restaurant? It's called Bobby's Restaurant, B-O-B-B-Y apostrophe S, in Eva, Alabama. Eva, Alabama. So, And it's on Facebook. <laughs> okay. What are y'all near? What's Eva, Alabama close to? So we are an hour north of Birmingham. Okay. Or about 45 minutes south of Huntsville. And that's how most people find us. We're just 10 minutes off the interstate. You know, it's a small So if somebody's town, driving up, what? I don't even know what interstate that is. What I-65. interstate? Okay. I-65. So if somebody's driving down I-65, you need to get off at Eva, Alabama and go to this restaurant because it sounds like 
Chad would love it. This hey, is it's real food, real yeah. food. You don't get anything that comes to me breaded or frozen or packaged or already cooked. It's not that kind of restaurant. It's like right. I tell people chicken and dressing. There's a little lady in the back, like boiling chicken and making cornbread. <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> and I'm that little lady. You're the little <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I've gone live on Facebook before to do chicken and dressing mania, the behind yeah. the scenes. It's fun. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I do. That sounds like so much fun. Is it a family restaurant? I mean, I know you said it was a family restaurant, but has it been there for a while or did did you start it? We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. My parents had Bobby's Fisherman's Catch, which was one of those old catfish houses that yeah. sat maybe 250, 300 customers for 30 years in Eva. And uh, my dad passed away in 2014. And so right before he died, Dollar General approached him about selling the business and land. And so we did that because my mom is not a businesswoman. Like she's a master chef, but she is not a business person. So that set her up to retire and be well taken care of and... I had already taken ownership of the business. So when right. we sold, I got the money from the anything owned by the business. And my mom got the money for the building and land. And I stayed out of work for about a year and a half. My husband said, you can finally put your feet up, be a stay-at-home mom. Turns out that's not my thing. I you need to be a- out there doing something. Yes. I don't sit well. I don't housekeep well. Like We're in my <laughs> guest room because there's not another room that's decent. Um, that's so funny. I mean... Organization is not my gift. Well, we all have different gifts. I don't know that I could run a restaurant. It really is seven days a week. And we're not open seven days a week, but the business side takes every minute of my free time. So I enjoy the creating 
and the working, the cooking, the seeing customers. I do not enjoy the business side, but it has no, to be that, that's the that's the hard part. But the business part, I mean, I, I'm a businesswoman now. I wasn't trying to be a businesswoman. <laughs> the first year when I when I wrote to late on deny and I, I was like, I think I might need an accountant because I don't know how to do my taxes. And I went in there. He's like, so you've been paying estimated taxes, right? I'm like, what? Oh. What's that? <laughs> because, you know, I had only ever gotten W-2s before. Yes. My exact, entire hey, life. Exact quote. I called my friend last year. And so I write myself a paycheck and I write my I husband have to a pay paycheck. My, yep. And so we pay taxes that way. And so I was reading and I ran across estimated tax and penalties if you haven't paid it quarterly. And I almost had a heart attack, like absolute heart failure. And so same thing. I called my friend. I was like, oh, my gosh, what does this mean? Am I going, you know, are they coming to get me? But uh, <laughs> anyway, I was paying it enough through my paycheck. But That's good. But, yeah, I had to I have to pay myself. And my accountant looks at it and adjusts what my pay is going to be. And he's like, now you need to pay yourself this much. I'm like, whatever. You just tell me. So, right. Just do <laughs> it. And, yeah. It's it's a lot. And so, I mean, I'm not, I, I know I could figure it out, but I've, I'm at the point of my life where I know I don't have to figure everything out. Right. Which is great. And I could totally afford a personal accountant day to day, but I'm a control freak. So oh. I kind of have to have my, the numbers, I just kind of have to have my hands in them. And, well, you, you know, were a math major. So. I'm a math major. So yeah. I don't know. So that makes sense. All right. So you have your window from 10 to 2, and that works well. And how long did it take you to figure out that that was your sweet spot? So I want to say I did 16.8 maybe the first day and then went straight to 19.5 because you talked about how that was a sweet spot for people. And I'm going to say that I was 24 probably by the end of the first week. But I don't think I, I think I was two or three weeks in when I decided to try 10 to 2. And I think Mm -hmm. it was a request by my family that I eat. (laughs) Like they wanted me to eat. Well, so I am ADHD. And what I learned is, see, I I probably got into ketosis and fat adaptation and all those things within the first two weeks. And so ketones make me crazy, like manic, how I would describe it, manic. And so so that energy, that pure energy we talk about and brag about is fantastic, except that I already have too much. And so food calms me. If that makes sense. So it's it does kind of make the opposite sense. effect of, of like, I've heard you talk about like that you will do the podcast fasted and you have yeah. this clarity. So I ate before we sat down. Okay. See, I'm still fasted. I ate about one because I had a big meeting today with my kids school and that's, and so it was just all too, I was just too stimulated. And my friend said, you really need to eat before you talk to Jim. I'm glad <laughs> that so you did. <laughs> I did. I had turnip greens and pinto beans and cornbread and slaw. Yum. Yum. But yeah, so that way I'm early to bed. I'm early to rise. I get up, I have my black coffee, and then I will sit in my chair and look at my phone because I need so many minutes of that each morning. Mm-hmm. And then I put on my exercise clothes, workout shoes, whatever, and I do something. I mean, I might just walk in the yard with my dog. I might go walk, jog. Sometimes I do weights, elliptical, like just anything. I have to get that extra energy out. And so I'll do that. I get to work about eight o'clock, fasted. I start working on the lunch special. And by 10, I mean, those two hours have flown. They're gone. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I'm, I'm behind every day of my life and I don't know where they went. And then at 10, everybody's joke is April 8th at 10. So yeah. they know it doesn't matter what's going on. I am going to sit somewhere and eat or I hope I'm going to sit. If I can sit and eat, the volume is much less than if I try to work and eat. Well, I think that's important, taking the time to sit and, and taking that break. It's funny that you have that schedule. You have to eat at 10. <laughs> Chad is 11. He must eat at 11. Now that he's retired from teaching, 
and you know we're here at the beach. It is like eleven. He is like looking at the clock. He's like, "All right, it's eleven now." Like the <laughs> other day, it was like five after eleven. He's like, "Are you going to heat up my lunch?" And I'm like, "Can you wait five more?" He's like, "I, I, it's time." I eat at eleven. Eat at eleven. So my husband is a he is an eat every two to three hour newborn infant. Oh my and gosh! Still people, like right right now, like like he believes in fasting. He says it absolutely works. You know, he wants me to preach it from the rooftops. He is not going to do it. But he's thin. He's thin yeah. and he's muscular and he works really hard. And I mean, but I tell him he's a newborn baby. Like, I think he wakes <laughs> he's up. He's eating night. like a newborn baby, isn't yes, he? Yes, he really is. And and he's one of those people who portion control is not an issue. He can literally eat like a little bit of green beans and two chicken fingers. Now, he's going to eat in two hours, but I would never want to sit down with a little bit of green beans and two grilled chicken fingers. Never. No, me neither. But I want to eat. And yeah. I will say that, that I think that that is why fasting suits my personality is because I have always been a volume eater. And I think you Mm -hmm. talk about that. Yep. I'm definitely uh, a volume eater. Like Weight Watchers, if you give me 23 points and I have to stretch them out all day and I can have these little tiny snacks and little tiny meals, like I am the devil. I am so grouchy. I mean, and so when I did Weight Watchers, there were times we had a special event planned. I remember we went to a birthday thing at the Outback Steakhouse and I saved all my points all day and I had like a sirloin and a sweet potato and a salad and I was like so happy. And I thought, should I do that every day? I should have seriously. You know, it makes me think back to the carbohydrate addicts diet. I know you've heard me talk about that, Rachel Heller, and she's talking about how she had to fast all day for her doctor's appointment that got rescheduled. And so after it was over, she was like, I got to go eat. She had a giant meal and then she woke up the next day and she had lost weight. And she's like, what? And then she just kept doing it. But then she, she wrote the diet that was completely not that. (laughs) Right. And and I did the carbohydrate addict diet with my friend from church and she would come to my restaurant and she's like, girl, it's my hour and I'm going to have some Heath Bar pie. And it's so this time for my reward meal. That's right. Lots of pie, like probably has a thousand calories, you know, yeah. and, and you know, she didn't lose any weight and I didn't lose any weight. I and never lost weight on the carbohydrate addict diet either. No, never. because you were eating your low carb breakfast and your low carb lunch. And then when they say to me, reward meal. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, challenge accepted. (laughs) Absolutely. And so when I make the statement, you know, like you're my soul sister. So I hate low carb. Like I hate keto. I hate it. I feel terrible. I've done it. I feel terrible. I would would try it and I would do it and I could do it two or three months like anything else. And I could lose 20 pounds, but I hated it. And so, you know, this is the first time in my life where when you said to me, your body will tell you what it wants. I laughed. I'm not going to kid. I mean, I made fun. With, there are so many things you said in that book. You said high school skinny. Like, how big were you in high school? And I was like, oh, I know I rolled my eyes. I'm sorry. I rolled That's my eyes. That's so and funny. And I, I listened to you on Audible. So I was like, a, it wasn't on paper. I was literally like, what did she just say? High school skinny. <laughs> but, you know, and you're going to want more vegetables and your body's going to ask you for things. So my body had never asked for broccoli. It had never asked for Brussels yeah. sprouts. And, you know, I thought, okay, what is this black magic she speaks of? So, yeah, my husband one day thought for sure I'd lost my mind. You know, he sees me eating broccoli and he's like, what you got there? He's like, I thought you hate that. I'm like, I don't know, but it's so good. So it just sounded delicious. I ate steak and broccoli 
for at least three times a week for about a month. Well, my, my I went to the doctor, my iron was low. And I'm like, how does my body know my iron is low? It won't steak and broccoli. Well, I got on some high-powered iron supplements and cannot eat red meat. Like, See? Do not want, can't do it. So my husband was being a sweetie, grilled some steaks one day, and um, I had already got out of that phase. And I was trying to chew it and I couldn't swallow it. And I apologized. I said, I'm so, I mean, this was sweet, but I can't do it. I mean, I don't want that anymore. And he's, he was like, but you've been eating steak for, you know, a month or three. And I said, well, I'm done with that. Like I've moved My body's had enough of that. That's so funny. I wonder if my iron's been low lately because with the moving and everything being crazy. And then we finally got back to, you know, ordering the meal delivery, but I suddenly ordered just everything ground beef for like two weeks. And Chad and Will both said, we're eating a lot of beef. And I'm like, I don't know. That's just what looked good. So, and it's, it's really funny because when I was picking my meals coming up, I was like, I'm going to get less beef. We've had too much beef, but so funny. I wonder if I was low on iron and my body just directed me to the beef. It's It's probable. I absolutely think yes. So I had a few phases, but the strangest to me was sweet potato because like I hated sweet potato, but I love the idea of it being good for you, you know, and I would see someone else eat it and I'd be like, let me taste yours. I hate it. So after my steak and broccoli phase, I was like, I just think a sweet potato sounds so good. And so I finally broke down, got one, put it in the microwave. I ate it down to the skin. And again, my husband's like, who are you? Yeah. What are you doing? You know, it's, I just cycled through, like, I still am in love with grilled chicken, brown rice, a sweet potato, and some steamed broccoli. And if I could have that every day, then my body is completely satisfied. That and, sounds really good. So yeah, I mean, you're it, like me as far as, like, needing that something starchy. Yes, I absolutely do. And I think that's why I hated keto. Like, I just yeah. felt, I felt hungry all the time, and I felt heavy you know, like in the my pit of my stomach. It was That's just how I felt there. too. It, it felt heavy. And, you know, it's funny because there's so many recommendations out there that people will go onto a Facebook group or they'll read a book or they'll read a blog post. And it's like, here's how you must open your window. And it might be something like, you must open your window with protein and fats combined or something like that. In fact, Jason Fung, who I love, just had some kind of video, I think, that came out last week as of the date that we're recording this. And it was like how that you were supposed to eat protein and fat first and not have any carbs and have carbs later. He's talking about how it will affect <laughs> your blood sugar. But that that makes me feel so bad because I actually, one day this week, had I'd made this salad the night before and it was like an Italian kind of a salad, like a chopped salad with meat and cheese. And, but it was very high in, I mean, it didn't have anything starchy. So it was just protein, fat, and lettuce, basically, is what the salad was. And I ate it, and it sat so heavy on my stomach until I had some bread, and then I felt better. Yes, absolutely. Bread is life. Hey, Jesus is the bread of life, okay? that's true. There you go. (laughs) But for people who say you must have just protein and fats to open your window, no. Ignore those people and listen to your body. And so I just think that fasting... It's the first time in my life that I ever heard my body, that I ever heard it say anything. I thought it wanted Oreos all day. I really did. I thought that was its happy place. So, But it's not. And you it, wouldn't it do that not. now. Oh, I don't even see Oreos. Like, 
that's not food. You know, I actually do have a little Facebook group and I try to share the things I've learned and try to pay it forward because my friend shared with me. But I made that statement. I was like, like potato chips, like potato chips. I know you guys, that's one of your things that you enjoy for a snack, but like salty, crunchy things. Yeah. They can sit on my counter from now on. I do not see them. Like my body does not recognize that as food. If I'm hungry, then I want some food, like some actual food. And when I've had some, you know, I usually still have something sweet. A lot of times it's fruit, but, and I'm not, no foods are off limit in my world. I mean, like I will eat, I will try anything. I will eat anything. But for some reason, like I said, potato chips, is just like, eh. and it, if we have a sandwich, like a really good sandwich with really good bread and cheese, you know, and I'm like, I might have a few chips with mine. And then I'm like, eh, I had one. It just doesn't do it for you. Give me some raw broccoli and I will eat my chip dip with raw broccoli or carrots. Yeah. yeah. I do still crave the chips. The salty, crunchy things will just always, I'm sure, be something that, but like for me, candy is just something I don't see. Like we could have dishes of, of candy. Like I used to love Reese's peanut butter cups and they could sit here and I wouldn't even have one ever. And I love chocolate. So like I talked about those Hershey kisses that I ate the entire bag and, and that's, that is the way I was raised. We were go to the store, get a candy bar or get two candy bars or whatever and eat them right then, you know. And so my mom, she says her mom was a Coke and candy bar was her love language. And it was my mom's love language. And um, I was so disappointed when the taste of store-bought chocolate changed, like yeah. a Snickers. I was like, I think I just want a Snickers. Then I was like, this tastes like what? It's not good, is it? It's not good. Now, I still love some homemade fudge or right. uh, my mom's homemade cookies and I don't, I don't do a lot of my love language is food. So, you know, I'm still going to make all the things for my kids, but like they're gone. So my oldest son's in college, my daughter's in college and I have one son at home and he does not eat chocolate. So, you know, I just don't have a reason to do it. So I don't do a whole lot of that. So you don't have very much chocolate. No, I don't. You know, I went through a dark chocolate phase where I do a square at the end of my window. It's totally satisfying, but I don't need, I mean, I don't need that now. So I, I don't buy it. I, I don't buy those things anymore. Like I shop in the perimeter of the grocery store. And I, when people used to say that, I'm like, what do they mean? But I don't <laughs> buy things in packages. You know, I'm serious. I'm like, I love what does that. that mean? Don't, you know, because all the good stuff's in the middle. What? You right. Know, so. But no, you're right. Mm-hmm. Now, I do no, still we, go down the cracker aisle because I got to find I love crackers. crackers I, do love crackers. I do love crackers. I have a friend in my Facebook group that I run, and she's like, Fritz crackers are the devil. They're my kryptonite. And I'm like, Stop See, I buy the organic them. version of those. Like, I don't buy Ritz, but I buy like I don't know whatever brand they have that looks like that. Those golden round, but they're, mm-hmm. I buy organic of whatever brand I can find. Although, is it just me? But I, they've been really hard to find. And you know, like the shortages of things, golden Every, round crackers are, are like what, what's happening to those? I don't they're know. a unicorn. Well, the su- the supply chain thing. Yeah. So I own a restaurant, and we are very familiar with the breakdown of the supply chain. Very Okay. So you're really, I wondered about that. You're really feeling it in the restaurant business. So I, you know, I try to take a temperature of the whole, what's going on in the world, just based on our little bitty nook. And so, you know, we're population 800 and and I feed probably a couple thousand people a week and that's nothing in the span of the world. It's nothing. And so I know how much food it takes to run my business. Right. And so I can't imagine what it takes to feed the world. So if we keep having these breakdowns and supply chain thing, I, just, I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but we might all need to learn to only eat once a day. Well, 
you know, I'm going to be okay. I I will too. I've been doing, you know, about the whole shortages that are coming down the pike. And so you're right. We're going to be all right. If we can, hey, if we have a small garden, if we have a few animals, maybe, you know, and that's what I tell my husband that I'm prepping. I'm going to be, you're you're good. You're, you're going to be all set, but we're definitely going to be okay eating once a day. I love that. We don't have anything to worry about there. So let's talk about your weight loss. We haven't mentioned that at all. When you started at first, it was, you said May of 2020. Yes. And I weighed 171.5 pounds. Um, And what was your Weight Watchers goal weight? I'm sure you remember that too, that you had to be. 137. Okay. So you, you knew you needed to be 137 forever for Weight Watchers, but you had gotten up to 171.5. Right. I had actually not been 137 in a very long time. So um, (laughs) it had been a minute. But so when I started doing this, I mean, always for me, about 140. So I'm five, three and a half, but I'm very muscular. So I'm another one of those people that say, well, I know people would say, you don't look like you weigh that much, you know, right. so you, you carry it well. Okay. Right. So about 140, I mean, I always felt good. That was my fighting weight. I didn't think I would see it again. So I weigh 126. Wow. And I, and I have for since September of 2020. And it's the weirdest, like, so that's what I weighed in high school. So I said, I made fun of you for saying high school. For saying that. Yeah, I'm telling you. I made a post in the advanced group one time about with my senior portrait beside my at go weight portrait. But the thing for me is, is like I blew past 140 without blinking. And I thought, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. I love how I feel. I'm just going to keep doing it. And the thought that I'd be in the 120s was like, I don't know. There was nothing. That wasn't your goal. You didn't even think it was possible. No, no. So gosh. And, and of course I, in, Countered many people who said, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And even that point where they said, oh my gosh, you're too thin. But I do believe when we say that people, like it takes them a minute to catch up to your new normal. It's true. So I do not, I don't encounter people anymore who say, oh my gosh, you're too thin. Cause I think I just look like a healthy, a normal person. Right. But it was so drastic. So I lost, I lost 45 pounds fast. I'm yeah, it, it sounds like you did because you started in, gosh, you did that from May to September. Yes. So like four or five months. So wow. in four, four months, nine days, I hit 131 and a half pounds, which was a 40 pound loss, which blew my mind, you know? And again, everybody's like, well, are you finished? I'm like, I don't know what finished means. I mean, I'm going to eat this way. You know, this is how I eat. So then I ended up, I lost the other five pretty quick too. I mean, within the span of a few weeks and then it stopped. It just stopped. No Your body said, this is it. I did not change anything about my routine. I did not add more food. I did not do anything. It stopped. And I was like, well, I had declared maintenance way back, you know, way back before I hit this low weight. But what maintenance is terrifying. I think I messaged you. I was like, I'm terrified of maintenance or I posted in the group. And and so basically, I've just continued to do what I do. I eat from 10 to 2, Monday through Friday. On the weekends, I have pushed it back. It's more like 12 to 6, sometimes 12 to 8 even, so that I can um, have a date night with my husband. And he he likes that. He appreciates that I will eat with him sometimes. But effortless is the only way I can describe it. And it bothers that bothers people. And, and so one of the biggest issues that I have had is that I wanted to help other people. And I expected everyone to have the results I had in the right. time frame I had. And so of all the issues you can have, 
that's a strange one, but I just, I, I couldn't make it make sense in my brain how, okay, we're going to keep our insulin low. We're going to burn up our glycogen. We're going to burn up the glucose. We're going to become a fat burner. And then you'll just burn fat when you're not eating. And, and I just thought, boom, boom, boom. And so <laughs> that exactly like you laid it out in delay, don't deny is how it happened for me. And I did right. read fast, faith, repeat, because it came out in June after I started in May, or June or July. It came and out in I, June. I, yep. And I, and I loved it. And it answered so many, you know, more questions. And, but, you know, I just expected that it would happen for everybody like it did me and you. I really yeah. did. Yeah. And so I was just telling people about it and I'm so excited. And they're like, I've been doing this for however long and not an ounce. And so, <laughs> you know, I went back to the obesity code and I'm like, but are you doing this? Because, you know, even though he doesn't tell you what to do, he tells you what to do. Well, he does lay out some things not to do, especially, right? He says, you know, we're going to dial down the apostat and we're going to change our body set weight and we're not going to rebound. And I'm like, okay, dude, you never told us what to do. So I listened again to the whole obesity code. And I said, well, you know, he really is just a proponent of real food. Real food. See, that's the thing. When people talk about Jason Fung now, they they immediately connect him with low carb. Mm -mm. But when you read the obesity code, you do not put it down thinking, he just told me to eat low carb because he didn't. Not in the obesity code. In the obesity code, he is talking about the power of real food, and and that's it. Now, he was really embraced early on by the low-carb community, and there are a lot of people that low-carb is important that helps it helps them get their insulin down even more, you know, depending on, on their body type and, and what's been going on with their health. But he is not – I mean, the obesity code is not a low-carb book. No. What I took away from the obesity code, things that changed my life, was obviously real food. Real food. Yeah. Cut out the garbage. And the line where he says, if I have poison, I have antidote. And he's talking about if he has sugar, that he has fiber. Right. Fiber or apple cider. You know, he talks about the projective properties of apple cider vinegar. But he was all about the insulin. It was all about keep your insulin low. And so... Anyway, I read that and I, I read the diabetes code and I read a few a few other things because I was searching for answers for people who it seemed to not work for weight loss. Right. And so, you know, I have not stopped. The, the best gift you've given me, the best gift is that your book, you mentioned all these other books and it has created this hunger to know about health, not weight loss. I'm not interested in weight right. loss anymore. Hey, I don't have a weight problem. But, you know, just to keep learning how to live our best life and be healthy and help others do the same, the, do the same thing. But yeah, it's such, that's the saddest part to me is that we all start at different levels of metabolic health. And yes, a lot of us don't have true. any markers, like we don't have any blood markers to go off of and we, they don't know how far they have to go or how long it's going to take. You know? I really think the key is what their fasted insulin level is. Mm-hmm. If we had that information, have you read Why We Get Sick by Dr. Benjamin Bigman uh, yes, yet? Yes, I'm in it. I'm in it on it's, Audible It's right pretty now. amazing, right? It's very cut and dry. Insulin resistance is the cause of everything. Well, it's true. (laughs) And I mean, he's probably one of the foremost experts on insulin resistance in the world and insulin levels. And so, you know, if every single person who was struggling with weight loss was able to get a fasted insulin test, and there's a company you can, like if your doctor won't let you get one, I think it's called Walk-In Labs. Sherry Bullock had hers tested. Like you just go to the website, Walk-In Labs, and it's like 50 bucks. They like, you go to a Quest Diagnostic or something like that, and they draw the blood and they give you your fasted insulin level. And you really want it to be, you know, if your fasted insulin level is seven, eight or above, that's, that's you know, that's probably your problem. And some people, it might be 20 or 40 or something right. crazy they high like that. They consider 20 
they consider two to 20 normal. So right. I just had my labs done and I requested fasted insulin and she looked at me like I'm a crazy person. Like what? Are you up. sure? And so, yeah. And so, and so mine was 3.1. Love it. 3.1. That is 3. such 1. a great indication of health. And so the people who are struggling, if we had their fasted insulin level, that would probably tell us a lot. And so the beauty of that for me, and, and I have the part I thought I would talk about today is my dad, because Really, when I started learning about the science of fasting, when I finished the obesity code, I cried because I thought if I'd had this information 20 years ago, I might could have saved my dad because he was type 2 diabetic with diabetic hardening of the arteries disease. And, you know, it was just the last 12 or 15 years of his life where it was it was just hard. It was awful in and out of the hospital. And I mean, he knew he needed to, quote, lose weight to control his blood sugar. And he tried every diet. And of course, we're foodies. I mean, we are. We're restaurant owners. We're foodies. But they put him on Weight Watchers. I mean, eating a bunch of little bitty. He was a 325 pound, six foot one man. Like that was not the answer. But I feel like, I really do feel like that they just kept giving him more insulin until he was really a 320, you know, like, Exactly. He, he was he, when he passed. He was on the insulin pump already for several yeah. years, and so when I heard Jason Fung say type two diabetes is a disease of too much insulin, it makes you mad. Them, it makes me furious. But we treat right. them with more insulin. So what he needed was to lower his insulin, and the way to do that was intermittent fasting, yeah. a little bit of exercise, maybe low carb, like you said, and um, he just didn't have the tools and like. It is a it is a disgrace to the medical community that we do not have better information. It really well, is. I, I think you're right because the only thing that's being tested is what's your blood sugar up? Oh, your blood sugar's high, so let's just bring that down so we can see that it looks better. When that's not what we want to do, we need to exactly. get the insulin down. And your body is so insulin resistant that you can just keep adding more and more insulin to bring that blood sugar down. And <laughs> Yeah, it's once you understand the physiology of it, it sounds crazy. One time I had an endocrinologist who emailed me and said, Wow. (laughs) I'm like, like, I'm just a school teacher, but they had not made those connections before. It's ridiculous. Because of what it's it's what they were taught. You know, they were taught here's what you do, you do this test. If the blood sugar's this, then you do that. But then Jason Fung just lays it all out there and helps us understand it in a different kind of way. Absolutely. But like I said, that that to me was life changing because, of course, I have the top two diabetes so deep on both sides of my family, cancer, heart disease, all these things. And so, you know, my brother was diagnosed top two diabetes at 40. Wow. He's four years older than me. And so I thought, oh, my goodness, I can cure him. I mean, that's really what I thought. I thought I'm going to share this with him and it's going to reverse it. And he's going to be, you know, it's going to be fabulous. And he did lose 50 pounds. He's still fast. He's an intermittent faster. He lost 50 pounds. But um he really struggles with that uh, eat real food part. And right. and he's even told me, you know, I open my window with peanut M&Ms and chips and it's easy. And, you know, he, he comes home from work and he doesn't want to make real food before he prepares supper. And it's, you know, and it's a battle. But but if I could say anything to him, I say, but peanut M&Ms and chips don't tame the beast. Like the right. body doesn't know it has had any food and you're spiking your insulin and your glucose and you're just, you know, creating a work. You're going to eat three times more supper than you would have if you if you had, had some real food. Uh, if you started with some, and I, you know, and I say those things like, hey, buy a bag of raw vegetables and some ranch dip or whatever, you know, you don't have or to come even like, you know, some kind of a frozen meal. Like I'm thinking about, 
you know, some of those frozen things you can get at the grocery store, even like a healthy choice. I mean, that doesn't sound like delicious right now, but it would be better than, than M&Ms and, and chips, you know, something that had a lot of vegetables. That's where I have my daily harvest, you know, and that gets me started with the nutrients and just really, and that's, I think that's one thing that's been a problem with me moving and not having, we didn't I didn't have any and then I was like just eating whatever and so it feels so good to get the the better I eat the better I feel absolutely and so I think again I didn't even know I felt bad I, I mean I did yeah. I, I carry inflammation I had struggled with some arthritis and things and then I'm like which fasting my mom says should cure if I preach it should cure everything so I have <laughs> I have this tennis elbow that is from overuse in the restaurant business just you know repeatedly doing the same things and I can't let it rest because I have to work and and so fasting has not healed that I'm gonna yeah. probably have to have surgery but I know that I will heal super speed from surgery I know that yeah. I will because that's um, a mechanical thing you've like yes strained it is overuse the, absolutely yeah, yeah. It's like tendonitis, but very severe. I will say that if you weren't fasting, you'd probably suffer more from the the pain from it. Yes. And I did. I mean, I I had pain in my hips and my knees and my ankles and all the things. I don't have any of that. I mean, no issues. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Do you want to talk about non-scale victories? I was just going to say that. Did you read my mind? That's where I, I was had, going next. You I have listened know to your podcast a few times. So definitely but, tell me about your non-scale okay. victories. So of course, like the crazy energy, like I said, maybe too much energy, but um, <laughs> my sleep is amazing. So I'm 44 and all my friends say they don't sleep and I sleep eight or nine hours a night. Just oh, like, I'm so jealous. like a baby. And I do have a really good, I bought the the latest magnesium supplement was the one from the latest podcast, that guy with the little nanoparticles. Oh, that um, Barton. <laughs> yes, yeah, Barton. Barton Scott. So, yeah. Yes. So he actually sells some supplements. That's good. But I do take the magnesium at night, but I do. I sleep great. I wake up ready to go and just I have the strength and energy to do all the things I have to do, which are a lot of a lot of things in, in my world. I had a few skin tags all around my eyes, which my mom also has. And almost all of them were gone. And then I changed 
lately my wrinkle cream and I have a new little skin tag. Uh-oh. And so I have, so I've Googled it and it's not, I mean, it is related, I think, to retinol. So I'm going to change oh. wrinkle creams again. There's something about retinol that's not good. Yes. I'm not sure what it is, but Beauty Counter does not allow it. In their it's not product. cleanish, is it? It's not. There, <laughs> for whatever reason, Beauty Counter has some really good stuff. Like if you go to jenstevens.com slash beauty counter or beautycounter.com slash jenstevens, <laughs> they have some really good creams. But I, I don't know why. So this is the beauty of Beauty Counter for me is that I don't have to know why. I just know that Beauty Counter says no to retinol. And I'm like, all right, no retinol. And I won't do it. So, well, you know, obviously I call it my cracked face from losing weight, but I, I'll take wrinkles over, you know, carrying all oh, that yeah. extra weight around. No problem. Absolutely. But definitely less pain and inflammation in all of my joints. I think my skin looks better. I think my acne for the most part is gone. I've been in a little bit of a stressful situation. I might have a little bit, but, um, you know, to me, the biggest non-scale victory is the freedom around food mm-hmm. and that kind of people say you have such willpower and self-control. I don't, I don't have right. to. No, I don't need that's it. the thing. You you really don't need it Mm-mm. because your window is closed. It doesn't take any willpower to not eat when my window is closed. Exactly. I'm Me just either. like, I'm not eating right now. I'll eat later. Uh, that, yeah, I just like people say, how do you have your hands in food and you're smelling food and you're cooking food all day and not be eating? And I'm like, that's just my job. I mean, that's what I do for work. It's not... It's not personal, you know, it's not personal. I it's compartmentalize my day, right? And so, you know, I'm either eating or not eating. And when I'm not eating, I'm not. And I have people who can taste things, you know, that I trust. And uh, most of my prep and cooking and like preparing specials happens during my eating window. So that works. You That's know, good I, because I, that, I that is something it. people worry about if they're especially in the, you know, we've had chefs on here before, people in the restaurant industry, and they're like, I got to taste the food. <laughs> But I have made it fit my life. I have not made my life fit it. See, that's the thing. That's that's the beauty of of the flexibility that's involved in intermittent fasting. And you don't have, like, here is how you must do it. Here is the schedule you must follow. Other than fasting clean, whenever you're fasting, the rest is up to you. Absolutely. You find the time that works for you, and, and you have. And it's freedom. I mean, there's nothing I can't shake around in my day, you know, if I want to eat dinner with my husband, then I just fast a little longer. Or if I, you know, want to go to a party, then I just fast a little longer. Or I just have a longer window and then tomorrow I'll just do my thing. I'll get yeah, back to it. That's exactly right. Now, is there anything that you struggle with? I thought about this question and I said, you know, honestly, I do still struggle with the fact that everybody doesn't see the same results. And I just yeah. want, I just want the magic answer. I, I want to be able to help them, you know, get there. You know, it's interesting. Bart Hearing, who wrote, of course, the original Fast Five, Diet and Lifestyle, where I really got started with the five-hour window and also the author of Appetite Correction, I read something. He wrote the foreword to something that I was reading the other day. And I've heard him say this before. When I was in his Facebook group years ago, before I started my own Facebook groups, he was talking to someone in the group and he said, like, he's very interested in the people who intermittent fasting doesn't, quote, work for, for weight loss. Like he was like, you know, we're trying to figure out why it doesn't, you know, work for everybody. And he said that same comment in the foreword of the book that I was, was reading. And of course my hunch is fasted insulin levels. And, and that, that's one piece of the puzzle. It could be something else too. Maybe some for someone, it could be thyroid, you know, I don't know that there's any one thing that doesn't work, you know, or any one reason. Um, it could be not eating real food. 
Food choices, absolutely. But it's, it's interesting that Bert Hearing asked that same exact question that you're asking. You know, and he's a doctor and he writes. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I just want all the answers. And I mean, I will keep reading and, and just sharing with people. And I try to give them just good audience advice. Like I can't guarantee that fasting will give you any kind of results, you know. And I said, but it was too good to keep to myself. We you know? can guarantee that it will improve things inside their body. Absolutely. That every time that you give your body a rest, you are giving yourself a gift. Absolutely. Yeah. I really believe that. And so even if it doesn't solve all of your weight problems, it didn't fix your your elbow pain completely. <laughs> you know, it's not going to solve everything. <laughs> but it's going to do a lot of things and it's going to do a lot of things you can't see. And that's the part, you know, why I would never stop. You know, all the things that are going on behind the scenes that I can't see that are happening, like keeping my insulin low. And then you read why we get sick and you're like, well, that's really important to keep your insulin low. Yeah, you know, I feel like like we've been given a huge gift. This has been. And, and, you know, I told you I came to Little Rock just to tell you face to face. Thank you. But I meant that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, you changed my life. I know you're changing lives every day. That feels Everybody so weird. We it with. It's, hey, <laughs> hey, I love that. I love that you are a regular person, a normal person. I love that you are willing to support those, you know, who are on the journey because writing the book was a gift. I mean, if you never gave us one more bit of support, that was a gift. But the fact that you've made yourself available to people through your social media and, and your podcast, the podcast has kept me going. So I'm glad. I love it. I don't miss an episode. Love well, it's my favorite thing to do. Like I'm always so excited when I get to record one because it's it's just so much fun to talk to people who are, are doing intermittent fasting and and hear how it's changed their life. I mean, that is, that is my favorite thing. Like it, I love it. So this podcast can be going for a long, long time. As long as there are people who have stories to tell, I'll be here talking to you. I know. Hey, we know you're at least a year booked out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so yeah. And when people email me and want to be on the podcast, they, they always have to come back. I'm like, all right, here, thanks for the first email. Here's when you need to email back. And so the people who email back, I know they are serious. <laughs> And then when you think I'm going to be, it's going to be a year. What if, what? Oh no. You know what? I got to stay the course. I got to keep at it. No, I would have kept at it anyway. Uh, Exactly. Well, you know, there is some pressure to that. Like for me, I'm Jen Stevens, right? I have to (laughs) get to it. I lost 81 pounds and I have to keep it off forever. Exactly. I have (laughs) to. I'm like Jen Stevens. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But you know what? I'm going to be honest with whatever happens because that's just the way that it is. You know, like honestly, my body is not the same as it was after I went through menopause. Right. You know, my, my waist size went up through menopause and it's it went up and it stayed there. But I have this one picture where people were like, did you have a lot of loose skin? And I think I took it in 2018. <laughs> it's a picture of my belly and it's doesn't look like that anymore exactly <laughs> like it did in 2018. And But you know what? That's just the journey of hormones and how my body has changed. And But just think of how much better your condition is postmenopausal because of fasting. Oh, 100%. Because yes. of fasting. Because yes. what if what if you had started menopause at 210 pounds, right? Oh, I know. And that and you know, like I said, this whatever I know I have all that to look forward to, but but right now I feel so good. I just appreciate every day. Yeah. And you know, don't be surprised when your body does some wacky changes. <laughs> right. Like you know how we've been walking down the beach in your life and you've seen like an 85-year-old woman walk by and her legs are really really saggy and you and, but she's walking down the beach in a bathing suit. You don't, and she doesn't even care. She earned it. 
She earned it. I'm like, that's going to be me. I'm going to be wearing that bathing suit and I don't care. But that's what our skin does after menopause. It starts doing that because I'm looking at my legs and I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm only 52, but. And you look younger than me. That made me mad. Well, I don't know about that. It made me mad. The picture of us together, I'm like, she's older than me. And I look, but that's, hey, you've been fasting like three times as long. Well, there you go. Well, thank you. That was very kind. But I sometimes I look in the mirror now and I see my grandmother's face looking back at me. Some of the like, she's got nice soft, or she had, she had nice soft (laughs) puffy skin and I'm sure that'll be me, but it is what it is. We, we're going to age, and I'm going to age as, just as truthfully as I can, right? Me too, absolutely. I'm certainly not going to have any kind of plastic surgery. I'm just going to let it do what it does. Mm-mm. I do not have time to maintain that, no. No, no. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So my advice would come from the great Yoda, Do or do not. There is no try. I love that. So just do it. I mean, just set a clock, do it, get as far as you can go, and then do it again the next day. And my best advice is find some way to support your mental journey. I listened to the podcast that you share. I mean, it kept me in a mental focus. When I struggled, I heard somebody else's story, and I thought, if they can do this, I can do this. And so you're going to have hard days, but just, you know, don't stop learning keep your mind right and and do things, find you a support system that helps you stay, you know, remember why you're doing this and uh, you can do it. I mean, but I always, somebody posted in your group, do or do not, there is no try. And that is my go-to every time. Just I love it. it. But it is true because you don't, you don't need to try. You're just, you're either fasting or you're not fasting. You're not trying to fast, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And if you day hey, tomorrow's a new day. It's right. And a new fast and you didn't fall off the wagon. You just had a longer window and a shorter fast and that's okay. You know, people always say, well, I had some really long windows this month, so I'm starting over. And I'm like, you're not, (laughs) you're not starting over. I forbid you for saying that you're starting. You may have refilled your glycogen. But you're not starting over. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. My mom, I want to tell this really quick, but my mom wants you to know that she's lost 112 pounds. Oh my gosh. The the joke in that is that she has lost like 30 something pounds three times. (laughs) (laughs) So she she knows that it works if you do it. Okay. Oh, but she did it. Then she gained a bad. Then she did it. Then, oh my gosh, mom. Yeah. She, well, she got COVID, oh, lost her oh. taste and smell. It's just a thing, but, but that's, that's hard for people. That's, I love that joke. When people lose their taste and their smell, it's like people eat because they're trying to find satisfaction and they can no longer find it. And it messes up your appetite. I think it is the saddest one of the saddest parts for survivors of COVID, you know, I mean, obviously losing your life, but, but it is, my mom is a master chef and she still cannot taste or smell after two years. Oh no. Oh no. I'm so sad to hear that. That is the worst. Uh. So I'm, I'm hoping and praying there's a breakthrough in restoring that. I don't know, but I couldn't live that way. I don't think. No, I can't even imagine. I, I had COVID in the fall and lost it very briefly but it was hard. Just for, I mean, it was like literally like I was sick, and then I was lost my my smell and taste, and then it came right back. And so I'm I gosh, I'm sorry. Yeah, two years. It's I mean, it it, it has been. It's it's a depressing type. 
you know, thing. So like I said, that she remembers how to make it all fabulous and everything she makes is still fabulous, but she doesn't she can't enjoy taste it. it. Mm-hmm. So she has if, lived on potato chips. They're salty. Yeah. She can taste a little bit of salt. <laughs> I wonder if fasting consistently might help with that. Hey, it might. That's tell what I'm going to tell Jen her. said fasting consistently might help mm-hmm. with that. I actually have read some things like that, that, that it might. So my theory was they may it be easy to fast if you can't taste anyway, but it, it it's, not, like it's not. It's not because it messes up your appetite. Well, April, I have had so much fun visiting with you today. And if I am ever in Eva, Alabama, I know where I'm going to eat. Yes, ma'am. You are welcome. I could probably like comp you a meal. Well, thank you. That'd be great. (laughs) If you make it to Eva. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless in the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! <laughs> <laughs>